I hope you're already beginning to sense uh, the presence of God uh, with you and around you this morning. As you know, I've started a, a series in the book of Acts, which gives us a blueprint of what the church was intended to be like. It's always good to stay close to the book, friends. Stay close to the book. Uh, you know, if you're not in the book, you'll, you'll never know what your life is meant to be like with God. And when you don't know what your life is meant to be with, like with God, you settle for far less than what God has for you. And you, you, you can easily settle for just, well, this is the religious way of doing things and this is how you do church. If you stay close to the book, friends, you, you begin to see things and you think, hold on a minute. Wow, I'm not quite seeing that in my life and it gives you a hunger and an appetite for it. As I've been reading through the book of Acts and I've asked everyone to read a chapter a day, and so you get through it in 28 days, you'll read it, then you start again, and by the end of the year, you'll read through it about 12 or 13 times. It'll change your life. But as I've read, been reading through the book of Acts and reading again yesterday, I've I become acutely aware that the Christian life I'm experiencing and that most Western churches are experiencing is far removed from what we read in the book of Acts. Uh, in the book of Acts, I see a church where there is Miracles in abundance. The power of God flows. You know, lives are, are radically saved and transformed by the Spirit of God. Uh, you know, people are made into the likeness of Jesus. And, and uh, you know, it's just full of, of miracles, signs and wonders and transformation uh, from chapter one right to the end. And I think, God, where is this in our day? And so I've now in the pursuit of, uh, I want us to return uh, to the book of Acts. I want us to see it again in our day and in our church. And I've discovered this, that to live the life God has planned for you to live, to walk in holiness and to bear all the fruit of the Spirit like long suffering, um, you can't do it <laughs> without the power of the Spirit of God. Because, you know, the fruit of the Spirit are exactly that, fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> They're not fruit of trying hard. They're the fruit of the Spirit. The more Spirit you have within you, the, the fruit of the Spirit flow automatically. And you have self-control. You have goodness. You have kindness. You have patience. You have all those wonderful fruit of the Spirit. So what is the key? It's the fruit of the Spirit. So that's what we need is increasing amounts of the Spirit of God in our lives. And I, I think trying to live the Christian walk without sufficient power of the Holy Spirit is like you, you're rowing, which I've never really done much of. I've tried once, I think. It's like rowing, but it's like rowing with one oar. You know, you're just rowing away. And you know, when you row with one oar, I'm good at this, you usually go in circles. It's the one oar we use is human effort and our own gifts and our own abilities. And we think, Gosh, God, I'm rowing. I'm really rowing, but I'm just going in circles. <laughs> God, what's wrong? Because we need the second oar. And the second oar is the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when you put your abilities and talents and work together with the power of the Holy Spirit, you make momentum forward. You can, you can move upstream in the power of God. You can go against the tide and you can be what God has called you to be. So the key verse in Acts, as we know, 1 verse 8, you read it with me. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Just stop there. 
It says you shall <laughs> receive power. Not you might, not you maybe, not you could, not you hope to. You shall. And if we go past this verse of scripture, we're gonna struggle. Friends, we're gonna struggle all of our days because Jesus basically said, hey, don't even try and do this thing, this Christian thing without my spirit's power. Don't even try. Don't even try and get to church every Sunday without my spirit's power because that's what energizes you and motivates you and, and re stirs you to do all of these things. Uh, I, I said last week, what's a quote from Smith Wigglesworth, which I like, you'll never get anywhere except you are in constant pursuit of all the power of God. Constant pursuit of all the power of God. How many of you realize the power of God is the key to everything we want? You know, so surely that's what we've got to pursue with passion and intensity, and that's what we're doing now as Church Unlimited. We've put a reset button, and we're going after the power of God. We're going after signs and wonders and miracles and breakthroughs like you would not believe, and I believe we will get there. With God's help, we're going to get there. You know, as I've researched this topic, one of the things that surprised me, I've found that many great men and women of God of history have said exactly the same thing. I'll just give you one of them, that great woman of God, Corrie Ten Boom. This is what she said. Trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when... You are filled with the Holy Spirit. The ministry of Jesus flows out of you. Isn't that amazing? This woman of God, greatly used many decades ago. And I think some of us are in this category. We're trying to live for Jesus. We're trying to live right. We're trying to be long-suffering. We're trying to forgive. We're trying not to be bitter. We're trying not to look at the rings we shouldn't look at. You know, but to try to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing. You know, a lot of Christians end up confused, don't they? It's exhausting and <laughs> I'm worn out, God, and tedious. But when you have the Holy Spirit power, the ministry of Jesus just flows out of us. And that's what we all want to get to together. What I want to focus on today is that I believe the central message, the core message of the book of Acts is ordinary people doing extraordinary things through the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you got that? Because if you don't get this, you're going to miss the whole point of the book of Acts, and you're going to think, well, that's for, you know, out there for some superstars. No, it's, it, the central message is ordinary people like you and me doing extraordinary things through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's explore that for a few moments today. Phil Moore, in his book of Acts, he tells the story of a man by the name of Rick Hoyts, who competed in 250 triathlons and 75 marathons. How many marathon runners have we got here today? Oh, Ooh, sorry for asking. I'm sure all the hands went up in the other campuses. All right, no marathon runners here. Well, he did 250 triathlons, 75 marathons, and that's really impressive, isn't it? Who reckons that's impressive? Even more so when you realize that Rick has cerebral palsy and was a quadriplegic from birth. You think like, what? <laughs> so when the race starts, Rick's father does the swimming. And he pulls Rick um, in a dinghy for one and a half miles, so two and a half miles behind him. 
Next, he cycles over 100 miles while Rick sits at the front of the bike in the seat. And then after that, he transfers Rick into a wheelchair and he runs 26 miles to complete the triathlon. On his own, Rick is unable to walk one step. But with his father's help, he competes alongside iron men. Rick said in a TV interview, Dad, when we're running, it feels like my disability disappears. See, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you actually are like Rick Hoyt without his father helping him. Without Holy Spirit power in what we do, we're actually quadriplegics spiritually and can do little of spiritual worth. Jesus said it himself in John 6, 63, it is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. We are spiritual quadriplegics, friends, without the Spirit of God flowing and working in us. If we can get this revelation, friends, and really see in the depths of our being that without Holy Spirit presence and power, we actually can't take one worthwhile step for God. We can't do anything of significance for Him. But the good news is, is that we have a heavenly Father infinitely more powerful and stronger than Rick's father, and he is willing to empower us by the Spirit of the living God to do extraordinary works for him, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Spirit of the living God. And that is the message of the book of Acts, ordinary spiritual quadriplegics, if you like, doing extraordinary things through the power of the Spirit of God. You know the good news about this message is this, that God's not looking, it's, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about your ability. It's not about your, your gifts and your talents. It's about the Spirit of God in you and what He can do through ordinary people. And believe me, you are very ordinary. Tell the person next to you, you're the most ordinary person I've met. <laughs> Have I offended everybody yet? If you're offended, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to get over it. Ordinary people, this is the message of Acts. Doing the most amazing incredible and powerful things today. You know, Zechariah 4 verse 6, you know it, don't you? Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Listen to this. You must come to see how wonderful you are in God and how helpless you are in yourself. The day you see it, you'll step in to God's power. You've got to come to see how helpless you are in yourself and how wonderful you are in God. That's when we're talking about the real work of God. Now, you can do natural stuff, you know, because you're gifted and ability and you can do, but it's not spiritual work of eternal value and real worth. 
See, Acts is all about this group of ordinary people. Think about this. Who against the odds, facing great adversity. When you read Acts, that's what it's all about. Facing a seeming defeat. They turn the tide of history through the power of their extraordinary God and the Holy Spirit. And church, we live in a day where Christianity, we are facing great adversity. We're fighting against the odds. And it could be even appear that we're facing what's seeming defeat. And yet I'm here to tell you today that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is gonna raise up an army of very ordinary people just like you and me, and we are gonna shape the future history of this community, this nation, and the nations of the world. You know, when you read through history, you always, you know, you read of this battle and that battle and the other battle, you always find some great leader that led the charge, be it a Winston Churchill, be it an Alexander the Great, be it a Napoleon, whoever it might be. And yet the amazing thing, friends, is this. When you read through the book of Acts, their leaders, Peter and John, they describe them as ignorant and unlearned men. You know, like they were fearful, they ran, they deserted Jesus. These guys were pretty useless, friends. And then you talk about Paul, it says about Paul, I read this interesting in um, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 10, his bodily presence is weak, his speech is contemptible. In other words, he was no great speaker, friends. He was usually crying. I think a lot, if you read through scriptures, he was often in tears with great humility. And friends, we wrongly think that the success of the early church was because of some great leaders that God had raised up. No, friends, that's not the message of the book of Acts. It's about ordinary people like you and like me, empowered by the Spirit of God, can change our world and can change communities for Jesus Christ. Ordinary people in the hands of an extraordinary God. See, the truth is, in the early church, through persecution, the church was spread far and wide. And ordinary people worked miracles and they spread the gospel all over the place. Bill Johnson put it this way. When Jesus performed miracles, he wasn't demonstrating what God can do but what God can do through a man. Uh huh. Jesus became fully man. Fully God and fully man. The Bible makes it very clear. He did his miracles the same way you and I do it. We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing. Jesus worked miracles the same way you and I did. So when you see Jesus doing miracles, I want you to think, that's what a man can do. That's what a woman can do. That's what a human being can do. Ordinary people connected to an extraordinary God through the Holy Spirit. Last Tuesday, having a staff prayer meeting, and uh, we got a message came through that one of our staff had a migraine, was had nausea at home, and not doing well. So... I got the team to pray, and I said, now expect them to walk through the door any minute. Because that's faith, isn't it? Yeah. Why, why would you pray and expect nothing? Yeah. Well, they didn't walk through the door at that moment, but we heard 
that the person went to sleep and then woke up completely free of the nausea and migraine and was back to work that day, awesome. that afternoon. Awesome. Friends, God, it's not a massive miracle, but God is starting to do some wonderful things in our midst. Power is on the way. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, power is on the way. You watch, it's not gonna be long before when, when we have these altar calls like we had this morning for people being prayed, we're gonna see significant healings, significant miracles, and you know, everyone's gonna be running to the front and we're gonna to have to say, no, no, you can't all come because everyone's gonna come for a miracle. You see, if you knew there was a miracle at the front, every person would be at the front because is there anyone here who doesn't need a miracle? Because if you don't, you are dead. We all need some kind of miracle in some area of our lives. Maybe we're drawn to those who do seeming impossible things. You know how kids love superheroes? Isn't that amazing? Like, like the people who can, you know, zip, zap, and bring all the rest of it, do anything. And kids are drawn to that. I wonder whether the reason for that is because we're actually designed for the supernatural ourselves. We're actually designed to do the extraordinary, the unbelievable, and the impossible. John G. Lake put it this way. He said, the supernatural is man's natural realm. The supernatural is man's natural realm. It's what you were created for. It's what you were designed for. It's in your fabric of your makeup. It's your DNA. It's your creation. It's in every, every cell of your body. It runs through your veins. You were designed for the supernatural to be your natural realm. Tell the person next to you, you are designed for the supernatural. Are you getting it? We're starting to see this. The day you see it, you've got it. Not the day you hear it. <laughs> Not the day you, but the day you see it, you've got it. That's revelation. See, faith comes by hearing. Not just hearing in the mind. When you hear it, then hear, friends. And so my mission is to, that's why Paul said, he didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power. So his words didn't go mind to mind. They went from spirit to spirit. That's where change takes place. That's where transformation takes place. That's when you leave a service different because you didn't just hear with your mind. You received in your spirit. Something changed. Something shifted. Something moved. And you walk out of here and you think, man, I was designed for the supernatural. And then you start to step into it little by little and begin to walk into it and see it more and more. You know, they've done some research, and this may shock you. They found this. It was done a few years ago. They found that healing ministries, you know, we come up for the man of faith and power, and usually of paste and flour, but anyway, <laughs> we come up for the man, pray, pastor, pray for me, you got the power. They said the success rate for that is somewhere around two to three percent of healings. They did further research and they said when the body of people pray for one another, the success rate of healing shifts to, let's get it right, between 24 and 32 percent. The man of faith and power, it's actually between, I just checked my notes, is between one to three percent. When you, ordinary people, start praying for one another, 24 to 32 percent success rate. Do you know what I reckon one of the reasons is? The man up the front gets the glory. Oh, oh, oh man, boy, he's a mighty man of God. Come on, let's go and listen to him. He'll get him to pray for it. When it's all of you praying, no one knows who did it. And God gets the glory. 
You know, some of this stuff is so obvious, isn't it? But I'm just starting to see it in a fresh light um, today. So in Acts 6, verse 8, Stephen is actually just a deacon, all right? Full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So God uses deacon Stephen in the supernatural power of God. All right, that tells me, ushers, you're it. It's time for you to minister the supernatural power of God. So next time someone comes in the door and you shake their hand, expect the power of God to flow through your hands. The person to be healed, set free, delivered, slain, whatever. I don't care what happens. Come on, ushers. Come on, ushers. It's your time. Cross campuses. Get on with it. Don't wait for me. Get on. Somebody. All I'm saying is somebody get on with it. Anybody. You know the person God's going to use is the most unlikely person. The person who thinks I'm the last one God's going to use, you're going to be it. Tell the person next to you, I think he's talking about you. <laughs> so there's a church that often had no pastor. Praise God. So if someone got sick, there was no one to pray. So they picked the most useless deacon they could find. They said, you, go and pray for them. Well, this deacon had to obey orders. So he went out and prayed. And to his utter amazement, it's a true story. Not all my stories are true, but this one is. <laughs> it's utter amazement, people got healed. And some of them were incurables. And so the doctor's, a doctor, I think a doctor's wife, or a doctor or someone, one of them got sick, cancer. He prayed for her, and she got healed. So now the doctor sent everyone they couldn't make well to the deacon, and the deacon would pray for them, this useless deacon, the worst usher in the church. <laughs> I'm getting at the ushers today, aren't I? <laughs> the virtue all healed. And so they then thought, we've been doing an investigation here. And they said to this deacon, um, did God ask you to do this? <laughs> he said, no, because it was just the people in the church told him to do it. And they said to him, do you have, did, were you called by God to do this? He said, no. He said, well, do you have some special anointing for this? He said, not that I know of. He said, but I do believe the Bible. And God did the rest. Ordinary people. If the body of Christ and the church ever gets this message, we've got revival on our hands. Do you know why? Because most of the miracles God wants to do are not on this platform. They're sitting out there. All those miracles, they're sitting out there. And once we can release all the miracles, you know, across our camp, thousands of miracles just sitting in the pews. When we can release those miracles, friends, we have got the power of God. So what I'm saying is stop waiting for the platform. Stop waiting for some superstar. Uh, as you know, there is no superstar. There was only ever one Jesus, and he's here all the time. Don't wait for them. You get on with it and see what God will do. And some of you are sitting there thinking right now, it's not going to be me. Actually, 
you are the one he's thinking about. I know how people think when I'm listening. <laughs> so we can't hope to see Christianity advance rapidly by just preaching sermons and sharing our faith. It's not enough. We have to demonstrate the power of Almighty God. Acts, 4, Acts 8, 4 to 8. Those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. Why? Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Friends, it's time for great joy in your city. When does there great joy in the city? When there's signs, miracles, and people being set free by God's power. Okay, as I wrap it up, what can you do? What can you do? If you, if you, it's actually called, isn't it? It's called, in most, most Bibles, it's called the book of Acts. Or it's called the Acts. The Acts of the Apostle, Acts of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is all about Acts. <laughs> it's all about action. Action. You want God to work for you? You have to act. You have to get moving. You have to do some things. You have to take every possible opportunity you can to pray for people, whatever their need might be, whatever their circumstance might be, at every chance that you get, you gotta say, let me pray for you. If you can't start anywhere, start in your home. When that husband or wife or kids has a sniffle, pray for them in Jesus' name. Don't give them the Panadol. You know, do that later on if they don't get healed. But at every opportunity, every opportunity, You've got to act. It's all about action. You've got to do something. Tell the person next to you, do something. <laughs> Come on, do something. Come on, everyone say action. Action. <laughs> action. When we act, God moves. He doesn't act when you're sitting on your lazy boy. He's not going to work miracles when you do that. But when you dare to step out, when you dare to have a go, when someone who's not a Christian says to you they're not well, they're not sick, say, do you mind if I pray for you? Come on, church, you can do it. This is what it's about. Very few people will say no, and the worst they can say is no. Is that gonna kill you? That's not putting you in prison. You're not gonna get persecuted or martyred. They just said no. You can handle that. Come on, action. Get out there, do it. Do something, do anything. <laughs> pray for people, all right. So the first thing is, action. The next thing is <laughs> what I call holy indignation. See, anything less than a signs-following ministry, and you are being robbed by God. You are. Because my Bible says, Mark 16, if you believe, you know, these signs will follow them that believe. If you, read, if you stay close to the Bible, that's what it says. So that says to me, if you're not having a science-filling ministry, you are being robbed. The thief. John 10.10, 10, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He steals. He's stolen the science-filling ministry from you. It's time to get mad at the devil. Say, so, hey, hold on, devil. You're not going to rob me of a science-filling ministry. 
I'm coming after this. I'm going to drive you out in Jesus' name. I'm going to get into action, and I'm going to take back what you rascal have stolen from me. I'm called, anointed by God to have a science-following ministry, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to do it. So help me, God. I'm not going to be denied. Come on, church. A bit of anger. A bit of indignation. Why? For the sake of your own family, but the sake of all the broken people around you. They need you, friends. They can't wait for someone else. They're waiting for you. You get going. You have the signs following me. You do something, friends. Ordinary people in the hands of an ordinary God. Don't ever say, I can't do it, friends, because that's a lie from the pit of hell. You don't want to stand before God on judgment day and say, well, God, I actually got robbed by the devil of a science-following ministry. There was a thousand people God wanted me to see healed, but I never did it because I never got going. I never stepped out. Come on, all of us, friends, holy indignation is a good thing. All right. D.L. Moody was an uneducated shoe salesman. Heard someone preach, the world is yet to see what God can do with and for and through a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. Don't miss those last few words. Moody was captivated. He thought, I've never heard such a thing. He was uneducated. He didn't say uneducated. He didn't say you had to be educated. He just said you had to be available. And these are his words. He said, he said, by the Holy Spirit in me, I'll be that man. And he went on to see hundreds of thousands come to Christ. See, the world is yet to see what God can do in and through and for you by the power of the Holy Spirit if you will be fully and wholly consecrated and surrendered to him. The world is waiting to see what God can do through you, and it's way beyond anything you have thought or even imagined. But you've got to take the focus off what you can do to what God can do through you. All he needs is a vessel. That's all he needs. Why don't you be that vessel? So it's in your DNA to minister the power of God. You are recoit and can do the impossible through the Holy Spirit power. You are like that deacon, doesn't even feel called, who can minister healing. I have seen a cloud of God's power, the size of a man's hand. But we're gonna pray, and we're gonna continue to press into God. We're gonna continue to seek Him, and that cloud is gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger, and there is going to come an almighty outbreak of God's spirit and power, and we will write our own book of Acts. So it's gonna become the Acts of Church Unlimited, <laughs> demonstrating the power and the presence and the miracle working work of the, the almighty God that we have. Ordinary people in the hands of an ordinary God empowered by the Holy Spirit doing signs, wonders, and miracles In Jesus' name, this is your time. Amen.